0: Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 high fm This is 101.9 high fm My name is Rabbi Levi Afton from Linksfield, Chola, and it's a pleasure and a privilege to be with you on this Tuesday, the 25th of Av, the 3rd of August. And... Gosh, there's so much to forbring about, there's so much to talk about as we get closer to Rosh Hashanah. Um, believe it or not, Rosh Hashanah is five weeks from today. We're pretty much there, yeah. Rosh Hashanah is on a Rosh Hashanah is five weeks from today, on a Tuesday. And it's the concept of renewal, the concept of freshness. Obviously, we're coming after almost two years of this COVID and a very different Rosh Hashanah. Last year was different, this year is different, but that's not what I want to talk about. I, want to, I, want to, I don't even want to go there today, if you don't mind. I want to talk about renewal, but not as a generic way, but renewal in how we see ourselves, a fresh perspective on how we see ourselves. And this is stuff that I'm sure we all know, but we don't remember often enough. The truest... Things of life are things we all know, they're intuitive, but we often don't articulate it to ourselves enough. If you hear an idea and it doesn't resonate, chances are it's not really true. Not always, there are many things that don't resonate, you know, and I don't necessarily have to resonate with gravity for it to be true. But when you hear life's wisdom, you have this feeling of like, yeah, this, this sounds right, I always knew it, it's familiar. So, you know, we live in a time that defines itself, sorry for the pun, by definitions. It's defined by definitions. Every person's a definition. Hanan Ben-Ari, he's a singer, I have a song of his at the end of the show. So Hanan Ben-Ari has a song called Wikipedia in Hebrew, Wikipedia and his argument is don't don't fit me into a uh, wikipedia article in other words i'm i'm not defined don't define me i feel limited when you define me and the truth is that he, he couldn't be more right we love definitions today everyone identifies themselves you identify yourself by your race by your creed by your sexuality by your um gosh by your opinions by your political leanings by your residency, your citizenship, by your um, who you follow on the social media, who do, who you following on Instagram, are you an influencer? Are you an influenced? There's a gazillion categories. You post a video on YouTube and it's like, "Okay, hey, give definitions." Everything's definitions, and definitions are great. You know, you you're looking for a nice video about uh, I don't know how to decorate your home. So you you Google decorating home and the definition will take you to the right place. You're not gonna end up with uh, an article about publishing. So definitions have their place, but the problem is that they've way overstepped their boundaries (laughs) and we define ourselves by definitions. In other words, we define ourselves in short. And what do we define ourselves? Not only in the stuff that I spoke about, you know our nationality, our gender, etc. We define ourselves by the events that happen to us. I'm a trauma victim. I am. I was abused. I'm a divorcee. I'm a married person. Um, we we def- define ourselves by good things we've done. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. Um, I've built a business, and I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a millennial. I'm a this. I'm a that. But I specifically, want to talk about how we define ourselves by the tragedies of our our life. I'm a widow. I'm a widower. Unfortunately, way too many people, you know, saying, going through that as we speak. Um, I'm a divorcee. Way too many people going through that as well. I am uh, an orphan. I am. I was laid off. Etc. Etc. And slowly but surely, we run the risk of defining ourselves that way. I grew up an abusive parents. My mother didn't give me attention. My teachers were from a different generation and they didn't focus on me. The Judaism I taught was pathetic. And often this is right. It's right. It's right. You're right. Your mother wasn't great. And you, the, the, and your rabbi, you want to throw him under the bus? He was a disaster as well. Fine. What about it? In other words, now what? Do we spend our life trying to figure out why we failed? Or do we just build our life? Because we realize that life has challenges and we can overcome them. It often feels like so many of us are literally spending our life analyzing why we're a disaster. Analyzing why we're a failure. Now, yes, I'm a big believer in therapy. I'm a big believer in, you know, you have to sometimes unpack your past. But for the goal of building, not for the goal of blaming. But many of us get stuck. So why are you the way you are? Why can't you get your life together? Oh, oh, oh you haven't heard a story. If you had a childhood, half as child, my, my childhood, you would be even worse. Could be your right. But, not, but then what? I you know, it's almost like the first 20, 30 years of our life, we so-called get hurt. And then for the next hundred years, we're unpacking our hurt and almost justifying our failed adulthood. Really? Really? So why are you the way you are? Because of something that happened 20 years ago. Now, yes, the thing did, did, did do things to you. The event did happen to you, but why is it defining you? Why don't you dig deeper than that that event to unleash the power within you? Are you that small that you're defined by an event of your life? And I'm not in no way neglecting that event. In other words, I'm not disrespecting the intensity of, of that trauma. But is that you? Is that how low you're putting yourself that all I am is that trauma? That all I am is the, is, the, is the tragedies I've been through. That all I, I am is the, the unfortunate circumstances I've born into. And I say this because we're coming to Rosh Hashanah, we're coming to a new year. Please God, a healthy year, a blessed year. And the first thing you have to do before you show up to repent, to return, is to define yourself or rather, to let go of defining yourself, to let go of the definitions and realize your infinity. And then you're showing up with an approach that I can do anything. An approach that says, not I could do anything in my financial career. I could be the ultimate individual in my character, in my influence on myself, in, in, my, in my wholesomeness. I can be wholesome. I can, I can heal. But if I'm showing up and the first thing I know about myself is I am a Zebrachen Ka, I'm a broken vessel. Well then what can I what can I do with a broken vessel? What can I do? You know you have a broken glass on the floor. What can you do with a broken glass? It's shattered. You throw it out. I mean, if you have the patience, you put it back together, but it never looks the same. But if you're define yourself as a, as a broken glass, then you dump it. But is that what we are? A shattered glass, a broken vessel. What are your thoughts? 34519. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Shaw, and we're talking about showing up without the definitions. Definitions are important. In other words, yes, I am a father, I am a husband. I'm a rabbi, I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a human being, I am an adult, I, whatever, etc. Uh, you know, this is not to share, share, share your story, lady. But I can only show up to my definitions after I show up from a place of I'm beyond it. If I only define myself by my definitions, then I'm locked in a limited world. I'm locked in a limited reality. I see myself in very specific terms, but that's the back way. In other words, that's backwards. Fundamentally, I'm unlimited. Not I, each and every one of us. Each and every one of us is unlimited. We come from an unlimited God. Our soul is unlimited. Our, our soul is not, cannot be cut up. It, it, it's, not, it's not even definable. It's so vast. So, first and foremost, I'm infinite. And therefore, no matter what happens to me in my world of definitions... I can tap into a place within me that's bigger than that. That's why it's so important to remember that you're beyond definitions. Of course you have to respect your definitions. I have to respect, I can't sit there saying, you know what, honey? I know that I brought children into the world, but you know, like whatever, I don't care. I'm their father, whatever. That's a title. I don't like the title. No, no, you have to be responsible. You have to play your part. You have a job. You have to do it. You have to respect the world that we're in. We're not saying be above the world. But at the same time, be above the world. While you're in this world, be above. As this uh, book has a title, Stay Within. Be be above, stay within. In other words, or be within, stay above. Sorry. That you live in this world of definitions. You live in this world of roles, responsibilities, expectations, social um, dynamics, and social expectations. That's life. We're not saying you know, like be a misfit and don't follow social etiquette. No, but even the Talmud says, you come to a place, follow the customs of the place. So, I know an American, eventually I had to learn how to say, how's it? And, you know, <laughs> still learning a lot, a lot. I don't know if I ever will, but you, you follow. You can't sit the saying, like, as, as if I'm in Brooklyn, hello, good morning, doesn't really go down. You follow, you follow, you fit in. But at the same time, you stay above it. You remember you're infinite. And this is so important, especially in the parts of our lives that are broken, that are hurt. And after 18, 20 months of COVID, we're all broken in some way. We're not as innocent as we were 18 months ago. Life has given us quite a few blows. And some people, you know, some really heavy blows. We all know people who passed away. We all know people who are struggling, etc., etc. So how do we define ourselves? Are we defining ourselves by these events? I am a person that's living through COVID. I am a person that's vaccinated. I am a person that's, you know, struggling. I'm a person that COVID broke my relationships. I'm a person who lost a loved one because that's me. That's an event that happened to me, but that's me. Is that all you are? A laid off person, somebody who lost their job? A person who struggles in a relationship and just, you know, out of their second marriage? Is that you? Or can you see yourself as so much bigger than that While at the same time respecting your humanity And your definitions And because we are in such a world of definitions Therefore I'm kind of pulling the other way If I was talking with a bunch of hermits You know, if I myself was a hermit If we were a bunch of, you know, holy people Totally exited from life Then I would sit there saying Guys, we have to get back into real life Into the world of definitions But I don't know most people I hang around with are not living in the clouds. They're not on top of some uh, mountain in the Far East meditating 18-hour days. And therefore, I don't think the argument has to be come back into this world. I think the, the argument has to sometimes be be a little above this world. Because that's really, a point, a point to Kabbalah, that Jewish mysticism, that's the pull. On the one hand, a acceptance that I belong here and this is the world of reality and God wants me to make a better world here. Here, he wants me to better this messy world, not live in a world of clouds. But on the other hand, don't become the world, be above it. Because if you become it, then you are part of the problem. You can only be the solution if you stand outside the problem. Which, by the way, is a total side note. That's why all family dynamics are often so complicated, because family's trying to solve the family dynamics, and you're in the problem. And so that's why sometimes we're our own worst enemy even as our own individual issues, not familiar issues. Again, because you're in it. And in the words of the Talmud, somebody can't release themselves out of prison, you need somebody else to open the gates. In other words, to, to solve a problem, you have to stand outside the problem. To solve this world, and I'm not talking about the global world solve 7 billion people's problems. No, not at all. To solve your world... You have to stand a bit above it. You have to realize that's not you. You could be able to look at yourself almost from the outside, because we all have the opportunity. On the one hand, we live our lives; on the other hand, we we could stand outside our lives and almost analyze our lives, make chesh ben nefesh, make an accounting of our lives. I, you know, I remember one of my teachers in, in yeshiva. He didn't say it as a compliment, but he used to scream at me when I would like, you know listen to his lectures and ask him the question, he says, you're being a journalist. You're sitting down by this parrain, you're sitting down by this conversation, be in the conversation, don't stand outside of it. In other words, at that time, it was a critique. Be here, don't stand outside of it, don't analyze what's going on, I am enjoying it, I'm not enjoying it, he's interesting, he's not interesting, it's the same thing he spoke about last month. No, be within it. But then there's the time to be a journalist, to be able to stand outside and sit there saying, yeah, I'm bigger than this. I'm outside my reality. I have a part of me that does not get hurt and broken and damaged. There's a part of me that is beautiful no matter what happens to me, no matter what I do and no matter what people do to me. There's a part of me that's beautiful. And I often get the question when we go on this topic, so are you trying to say that every gangster... Yes, there are a few people in this world, I believe, you know, the Hitler's, the Stalin's, who are unredeemable. And I don't think I don't have to deal with them. But I believe even people who've done bad things, really bad things, have a part of them that's pure. And that can still be celebrated and appreciated and nurtured. The world's not made up of people who made mistakes and people who didn't make mistakes. We all make mistakes, just different level of mistakes. And yes, certain levels of mistakes, the person has to go to prison, the person has to, you know, go through a certain process. But that doesn't make them any less human. Their human rights and their human dignity and their their godliness within them is there. It's there. It's untarnished. How could the god become tarnished? You could... You could cover it over. You could cover over the spark of godliness within a person, but you can't actually pollute that holiness. You could create a shell around it, but that holiness is... You can't, you can't make him pure. That pach shel sheman, like the Hanukkah story, that one part of pure oil that can never be contaminated. God cannot be contaminated. God could go in with you your godliness goes in with you to to your situations and unfortunately sometimes it's by our own choice that we make you know bad mistakes and we kind of pull our godliness down with us but the godliness is still pure that essence is pure It's it's beyond impurity as the prophet says that there's a level of God that darkness and light make no difference to him He's bigger than both. Darkness is not as strong as light. That's dualism. And it's important for me to explain this. There's a big issue that that people struggle with as believers because if God is good, how could there be bad? So they come up with this idea and they're saying bad comes from a different source. And bad is as strong as the good, and therefore they're competing with each other, and I have to fight the bad. The problem is it starts leading to a lot of issues because you start defining people As the people from the dark And you start hating people because they're not light But both darkness and light Come from Hashem Obviously He wants us to choose light But they both come from God And God is beyond both of them And obviously He's light In other words God's God is greater than both And He's ultimate goodness So when you look at a person And all you see is dark or light Holy or unholy broken or whole, then you're only seeing an external part of their reality. And if you think that somebody's broken and that's all they are, that's dualism. In other words, if you think that that person has no godliness within them, there's nothing beautiful and redeemable, you've lost a plot. If you look at the fellow who's next to you and is not as religious as you, and you think that they are less of a vessel of godliness than you are, you've lost the plot. Really? You have the monopoly? You might be more observant, you might do more mitzvot, you might have a a meaningful relationship, but that, that means that you have more God within you than the other person? It means that you could be condescending and patronizing to the other person? How? Why? Where? And I've shared this story before, but it's, all, it's important to remind ourselves of this great story. Story goes about a certain fellow, he was a diamond merchant, and he was visiting his Hasidic master, Rabbi Shmuel of Lubavitch, I believe. And he's telling Rabbi Shmuel, he says, you know, Rebbe, forgive me, I've heard you complimenting a lot the simple Jews, the ones who aren't big scholars. The ones who are, you know, Amcha, the people of the, the community. I have to say, Rabbi, I think you're, you're overplaying how special they are. Like, you know, we have to put on a pedestal the holy people. Stop saying that everybody's holy and beautiful. It's whatever. You, like, I I think we have to be smarter in how, you know, how we tell people who they are. So Rabbi Shmuel looked at him and smiled and says, tell me, what do you do for a job? He says, yeah, you know, Rabbi, I'm a diamond merchant. He says, great. Do you have some diamonds with you? He says, I don't have it with me, but I have it in my hotel room. He says, can you bring it over. Sure, brings it over. Puts out the stones and the rabbi looks at them and said, picks up a stone and says, how much is this worth? says, a hundred ruble. says, okay. And how much is this stone worth? Five thousand ruble. Wow. So the rabbi makes himself, you know, like clueless and says, I don't get it. To me, the 5,000 ruble one, it's smaller. I don't know, for me it looks like 50, and the other thing looks like 1,000. So he looks at the Rebbe with a, forgive me, a bit of a patronizing look. He says, Rebbe, in order to talk about diamonds, you have to be a maiden. To which the Rebbe smiles and says, aha! And in order to talk about souls, you have to be a maven. In order to talk about your fellow and their level of spirituality, you have to be a maven. And who made you a maven? Who made you a maven? And I'm not only talking about how we define others, even how we define ourselves. Who made us a maven? it are saying, that's who I am. That's my definition. That's all I am. Really? Your beautiful soul, 30, 50, 60, years, 80 years ago, before you came into this world, was pure godliness. Was, it was one with God for infinity. And comes into this world, and now you're going to limit it by the circumstances that happen to it? Really? Since when are we mavens in a bad way to sit there defining ourselves and limiting our, our holiness, our spirituality, our potential for, for healing? To show up to Rosh Hashanah, to show up to the month of El, to show up to the month of return, I first have to show up from a headspace that says, there's value, there's incredible holiness within me. I am literally walking godliness in this world. Doesn't mean I don't have to be accountable for my mistakes, and doesn't mean I don't have to respect my definitions, but I also have to respect the fact that I'm much bigger than them. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 Chai FM. So the story in the Talmud goes that Rabbi Meir, great sage Rabbi Meir from the Mishnah, was living in an area where there was a lot of rascals. There was a lot of people who were really getting to him and absolutely driving him crazy. And at some stage, he was tempted to, to pray that, you know, that, they should be removed from this earth. They were just absolutely causing him agony. And his famous wife, wise woman, Bruria, turns to him and says, Ramer, the verse doesn't say, let sinners be removed. It says, let sins be removed, and then there'll be no more evil people, because sins will be removed. So pray for them to repent. Why pray for them to go? He says, you're right. And that's what he prayed for, and that's what was materialized. In other words... What I take out of the story is his wife tells him and says they're sinners and their sins and they're very different. There's no such a thing truly as a sinner because that's defining them by what they did. There are human beings who are doing mistakes. There are human beings who have broken Parts within their psyche, but there's a part of them that's not broken, there's a part of them that's redeemable, that's beautiful and start looking at them from an inside out approach rather than the outside in and again, I want to bring this back it's not only about how we see each other it's about how we see ourselves, because today we don't live only in a crisis of division with others we often live in a crisis of division within ourselves, we often hate ourselves more than we hate other people as the great Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak al says, the, the mitzvah is to love your fellow as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, you can't love your fellow. The hafta kamocha, you must love your fellow as yourself. But that that goes with an assumption and a given that you love yourself. But what if I don't love myself? How am I supposed to love somebody like I love myself? Achim as they say in Yiddish. Some of us, if we loved others the way we love ourselves, we'd pretty much despise the whole world. We often despise ourselves. I'm so broken, I got my life wrong. Look at me, I'm 50 years old, I couldn't make one good life choice. Look at me, my life's unraveled. We beat ourselves up in a way that anybody else can never do. If anybody else told us things about us that we tell ourselves about ourselves, we would criminalize them out of our life. We would literally, I have to protect myself, I'm setting boundaries. But to me, I could tell it to myself. You idiot! What were you thinking? muzzle Get your life together! Ugh, whatever. You know, we, we we come down hard on ourselves. And again, well, yes, you have to be accountable for your actions, but that doesn't define you. You could say, "Lady, that was a bad one." So let's say, I don't know, let's say my show this time is, is really not going well. I hope it is. I hope you know it's resonating. Well, I'm sure there's one person listening to the show and saying, "Okay, Rabbi, really um, bad one." Maybe next week I'll give you another chance. Now, I could come out of the show and sit there saying, what a failure am I? <sighs> oh, gosh, seriously, there you are. You had an opportunity for an hour to be on a show and for a brain about something meaningful. You wasted everyone's time. You wasted your time. You made a fool out of yourself. Get over with it. you I don't even know if you should be doing this ever again. Get. Yeah. <clears throat> How's the rest of my day going to look after that? Epic disaster. And I just defined myself by an hour of my life. What's the alternative? Lady? You're a good guy. Uh, you're pretty likable. <laughs> uh, that show of yours could have been done a bit better. Next time prepare a little better or make sure you, you don't show up as tired or whatever. Show up with the right headspace and uh, you'll do better next time. And, you know, accept the criticism. It's, it's, it's well It's well-deserved it wasn't a great show, but you're still capable, you've done it many times well, and you're capable to do it next week. What's the difference between the two? They're both acknowledging the elephant in the room, but one's turning the elephant into me, and one's turning the, is keeping the elephant as the elephant, but acknowledging it as an elephant. But I'm not the elephant, I'm not the problem. So yes, you can sit there saying, gosh, that, you mean, know, like, I fought with my spouse today, and like that was really stupid. I should have really held it together. You can tell yourself, or you could say, "I'm such an idiot. Look at me. I'm just unraveling my marriage. I'm such an idiot. Come on, grow up. Seriously, grow up. You're impossible. You're losing it. You're losing." Nobody becomes a better person from the second narrative, because you're pretty much telling yourself you're an idiot, and idiots can't get their life together. You're telling yourself you're a disaster. How does a disaster solve a disaster? Yes, it could be that the situation is a disaster. But only if you see yourself outside the problem can you solve it. But if you see yourself as the problem, then how can you solve yourself? So if I show up to the new year and I see, God, what a year this has been. Ugh, oh, I'm totally off center. What a waste. I, I can't just, I, look at me, another year I thought I'm going to get my life together and I didn't and I'm in this and I'm in that. And I'm you know, gonna give, give, give every curse in the, you know, that, that, you know, I've got on the, on the streets, in an education, curse myself out, tell myself I'm an absolute, I'm an embarrassment, a total embarrassment. And then I'm gonna change? Never. I'll just slip deeper into the dark place. Because a failure just breeds more failure. If I'm a disaster, then yeah, you know, I have no hope. But if I am a human being who's above the disaster I created, then I could come in and clean it up. This is 101.9, Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9, Chai FM. This is 101.9, Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson and we are coming to the end of another show. And what I hope Unlike what I said just before the break, I hope this wasn't a waste of our time. And I hope that the truth resonates because again, it's not my ideas, it's truth. It's, it's the Torah perspective on life. And it's, it's the way to, it's the only way to truly heal is when you see yourself bigger than your sickness, when you see yourself bigger than any definition, any, anything that happened to you, anything that you even did, any degree that you have, any success you've had, any failure you've had, we are all bigger than it. And here's something to remember. On Sunday, Monday is the beginning of a new month, Rosh Chodesh. The month of Elul. The final month of the Jewish calendar. And it's known that the month of Elul stands for Ani Dodi, L'dodili. I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. And often we talk about it as a statement of relationship. So, you know, often used as an expression of love and a marriage. But ultimately what it also says is, I am important to my, to my beloved. I am important to my creator. I have value. The relationship means something to him. The Dodi Li and he shines his light back. In other words, No matter what I've done, there's a value in my relationship. There's value in my humanity. We cannot define people by their actions, by their race, by their creed, by their personality, by their preferences. You cannot define people, period. All you could do is love people. And when you love and you share genuine love, unconditional love, The love from a good place. In other words, love from a place of confidence in an individual. Love from a place that sits there saying, I know that you're good and you're divine and holy. When you, when you do that, they'll sort their, their definitions out. In an environment of, of, of genuine love and, and belief, they'll sort it out. Most people need less of our advice and more of our love and faith in them. Believe more, talk less. This is 101.9. My name is Rabbi Lady Afton from Linksfield Show.